heart of the East Coast, this is Sports Raver with your host, a West Coast girl who raves about all things sports, Carolyn B. to talk about my raves. King James, does he belong to LA or Cleveland? Bad luck breaks for QBs when their replacements light it up. The effect of postponing the Summer Olympics, the latest excitement in eSports, plus my news raves and the obscure sports report. Welcome to the Sports Raver, where I rave about my favorite things in sports and I rave against the worst things in sports. Thanks for coming to rave with me. Hey, hey, people. Thanks for listening in. I'm your host, Gerilyn B. Let's jump right in. The NBA season begins on December 22nd. Didn't the last season just end? But it's the slate of games on Christmas Day that's got everyone excited. Pelicans at Heat, Warriors at Bucks, Nets at Celtics, the marquee matchup of the day, Mavericks at Lakers, and last but not least, Clippers at Nuggets. The NBA came out swinging with this lineup, wanting to start strong and get fans invested right away. With 48 of 546 players already testing positive last week, and basketball being a sport that's played indoors, the NBA teams will have an uphill battle against COVID, though the league says those positives were expected. Next, they'll take a page out of Roger Goodell's script and say the protocols are working. COVID is an airborne virus, so indoors means more exposure. At least most of the NFL games are outdoors. Um, Chris Collinsworth, really? Insert facepalm emoji here. If you don't know, during the Steelers-Ravens game, Collinsworth made the cringeworthy comment that he was, quote, blown away, unquote, that some female Steelers fans actually understood the game of football. Does he not realize Michelle Tafoya and Andrea Kramer are women? <laughs> it was a drunk dude at a bar moment and people reacted, well, strongly. For his part, Collinsworth did own up to the mistake and apologized on Twitter, and I do believe he didn't mean to insult or condescend to anyone. I think the issue here is that this comment would never have been made in regards to a man's football knowledge. The sports world is still a male-dominated world, though women like Kim Ng are knocking down those barriers. But it's no great secret that women must work twice as hard to get anywhere in careers in sports, and facing this kind of dismissal and condescending attitude at every turn. Collinsworth may not have meant his comment to be an insult, but his surprise that women actually do get the game of football is. Whether he meant it to be condescending or not, it was. Chris Collinsworth once said he likes girls that aren't too bright because you can trick them a little bit. Well, here's a tip, Chris. Worry about your own smarts and check yourself before you speak next time. Great stuff in UEFA. For you Cristiano Ronaldo fans out there, he scored the 750th goal of his career. He's now number four on the list behind Pele, Romario, and Josef Bitsan. At age 35 though, you have to wonder how much he's got left. Another interesting note from that match, Stephanie Frappard became the first female to referee a men's Champions League game. Olivier Giroud served up four goals for Chelsea against Sevilla. He's the first to score four goals for Chelsea since Frank Lampard did it in 2010. 
And funny enough, Lampard is now the coach of Chelsea. Giroud did it with a perfect hat trick and a penalty kick. If you don't know, a perfect hat trick is a goal scored off each foot and a header. The fourth kick was just a bonus. Can we call it a mega hat trick? Here's a fun bit of news. Alabama's high school football championship was won by Thompson High School after they scored 10 points in the final 18 seconds of the game. A spectacular turn of events for Thompson that included a blocked punt, an onside kick, and a 35-yard field goal. And the win came without their starting quarterback. Thompson's opponent, Auburn, had taken a knee three times, assuming the game was in the bag, and then they punted. On the punt, a Thompson player blocked it, then ran it back for a touchdown. A successful onside kick and the field goal sealed the win, shocking everyone. Even Thompson's coach called it a miracle. It was probably a more exciting game to watch than the Ravens-Steelers. LeBron James just signed an $85 million two-year extension with the Los Angeles Lakers, taking him through 2023. Speculation is that he did it so he can possibly play with his son Bronny when his contract is up and Bronny could be eligible for the draft. They would be the first father-son duo in the league, and while that sounds cool, the NBA would have to do away with their one-and-done rule, which states a player has to be either 19 or have completed one year of college to actually enter the draft. LeBron has been in the league now for 17 years, and as is the case at some point with all sports legends, time isn't exactly on his side. James is 35, but with the way he takes care of himself, he most likely has a handful more years in the league. The two-year extension gives him slightly more money and freedom when it's over. With the realization that he can't play forever, though, it makes me think, what team will King James be most remembered for? What team would he like to be most remembered for? James was born in Akron, Ohio, and he has been an ardent supporter of the city and its people by doing things like refurbishing parks, building recreation centers, he built a new gym for his high school, He's given money to the Boys and Girls Club. He's even paid for some kids' college tuition. Akron is his home, and he has shown Akron his love over and over. Cleveland wasn't very nice when he left the first time, but they welcomed him back with open arms. He always had the entire city's expectation of a championship on his back, and only his back. And when he finally brought it to Cleveland, he fulfilled a promise that he had made to them. The basketball world will most likely remember him for all three places in which he played. He has won a championship in all of them, he's been the face of all three teams, and he becomes the center of the universe at whatever team he is on. The Los Angeles Lakers are a storied organization with lots of superstars and championships over the years. And James will be remembered right up there with Magic and Kareem and Shaq. But not even LeBron James can eclipse what Kobe Bryant has meant and continues to mean to the city of Los Angeles and to the team. LeBron is that legend, that magical hero in Cleveland. And rightly so. I'd like to think he'd want to be remembered for what he did there. He delivered a championship to a city who hadn't had one since 1964. He brought the spotlight to Cleveland and Akron in a way he could never do for Los Angeles or Miami simply because they are already used to being in the limelight. As the journalist Deborah Adams Simmons wrote of James, her son is more proud to be a kid from Akron 
because of LeBron. Now that is an impact worth being remembered for. Taylor has declined to file a grievance against the Los Angeles Chargers for the mistake a team doctor made when he punctured Taylor's lung before a game in week two. Taylor lost the quarterback's starting job to rookie Justin Herbert while he was injured. It wasn't the first time Taylor had found himself in that situation. As a Bill, he briefly lost the starting job to Nathan Peterman. And as a Brown, he lost it to then-rookie Baker Mayfield. Anthony Lynn swore Taylor was his starter, despite the fact that the Chargers had drafted Justin Herbert at number six in April. These bad luck breaks happen to players all the time, but you particularly hear about it when it's a quarterback. There's so many examples. Drew Bledsoe getting hurt and then Tom Brady comes in and we all know how that turned out. Kurt Warner lost the Rams starting job to Mark Bulger. Then again, as a giant, he lost it to Eli Manning. And then in Arizona, he went back and forth with Matt Leinart for the starting position. And more recently, Ryan Fitzpatrick got benched for number one pick Tua Tungo-Viola. Though he was just holding the spot until Tua was ready, it didn't lessen his disappointment. These guys still leave it all on the field, playing with their heart and soul knowing the young guy is just there waiting. At the end of the day, the NFL is a business and the players, they're just commodities. Wins, superstar players, butts in the seats, popular jerseys, championships. That's what the teams have to sell. Justin Herbert, he's exciting, he's young. Tua is the number one pick, not a journeyman of the league. And no matter how much the guys in the locker room like you, you can be replaced in a microsecond. Ask Nick Foles about that. He took the Eagles to the Super Bowl and they won. The players loved him so much, they even put up a shrine to him in the locker room saying it would never be the same without him. Having a group of guys want to play their heart out alongside you won't matter when the former number one pick is healthy again. In Tyrod Taylor's case, it's a class act by him that he chose not to file the grievance when he'd be well within his rights to do so. With Herbert firmly in as the starter, Taylor will probably be looking elsewhere at the end of the season. He's only 31. He just needs another team to take a chance on him again. If that happens, Hopefully he can stay healthy and show that he can be the starter a team needs. I'm sure he won't be keen on any injections by team doctors, though. The Summer Olympics in Tokyo, which were postponed this summer with the rapid spread of COVID around the world, are slated to begin in July of 2021. How has the postponement hurt or helped Japan? And what about the athletes and training and qualifying? Hosting the Olympics is a massive financial drain on cities and countries, sending some into a downward spiral of debt and abandoned facilities. Greece and Brazil are prime examples of this. Countries are forced to spend millions, if not billions, building state-of-the-art arenas and venues and upgrading infrastructures like bus lines and train lines. Japan is the third largest economy in the world, but it is not immune to financial losses due to COVID. The cost of hosting the Olympics in Tokyo has been estimated at $28 billion, and the loss due to postponement at more than $2 billion. And what about the athletes? The Olympic athletes train with a certain schedule in mind, namely that they peak just at the right time for optimal competitiveness. 
Many Olympic athletes have a limited window to compete, whether age or financial constraints come into play. Four years between each Olympics is already an eternity, but one that is factored into everything the Olympic athletes do. Training schedules have now had to calculate in the extra year. Being another year older will have an impact on many athletes, someone like Ryan Lochte or Kerry Walsh Jennings. And with facilities across the globe dealing with COVID, how and where athletes can prepare must also be a consideration, especially for any team events. And then there's the unknown of what the world will be like in 2021. Will we be post-COVID or will there be difficulties in distributing vaccines, meaning the virus is still a major concern? There's no real data yet on how long the vaccine's protection will even last. And there's no real data on what any side effects might be. The Olympics will move forward as planned for now. Tokyo will proceed as if the Olympics are happening in July next year. There's no real alternative. And many athletes, even the older ones, have looked at this delay as a time to get even better. But I'm sure there's heartache for some who won't be able to afford training for another year or whose bodies won't let them get back to Olympic form. In the end, though, I guess that's what the Olympics have always been about. Glory for some and agony for others. I hope we all get to watch the magic of the games next year. The world needs a strong dose of magic. Two exciting reports coming out of esports this week. T1 Entertainment and Sports just announced a multi-year global partnership with Red Bull. T1 is home to the winningest League of Legends team of all time, with three world championships under their belt. The only team to have won the championship more than once. Red Bull and T1's League of Legends team are looking to win a fourth championship. The other teams on T1's roster compete in Valorant, Fortnite, Super Smash Bros., and PUBG Mobile. Red Bull, which has been in the gaming industry since 2006, has hosted over 200 esports tournaments around the world. And in other action, Microsoft just purchased the largest esports tournament hosting platform, Smash.gg. With Smash.gg, a free platform, tournament organizers can host their events online with rules, brackets, and more. Smash.gg was started in 2015 and hosted Super Smash Bros. tournaments at first, but began hosting for the fighting game community as a whole. With the Microsoft purchase, Smash.gg will continue to operate as it has done, but will obviously benefit from the support Microsoft can offer. With big-name giants like Red Bull and Microsoft venturing deeper into the esports world, it's just further confirmation of this growing lucrative industry. Move over, Max Verstappen. These new Red Bull esports guys are in your rearview mirror. The Obscure Sports Report. What? That's a sport? Uh-uh! No way! This week brings the start of the National Finals Rodeo, an annual event since 1959. 
It's also known as the Super Bowl of the pro rodeo circuit. Most people are familiar with bull riding, but the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, which has been around since 1936, encompasses several other sporting events in rodeo, including the rough stock events of saddle and bronc riding and the timed events of steer wrestling, team roping, and barrel racing. The oldest timed event, however, is tie-down roping or calf roping. What is tie-down roping, you might ask? Well, in tie-down roping, a cowboy ropes a running calf around the neck and then jumps off as his horse comes to a stop. The cowboy sprints down his rope to the calf, grabs it, and brings it down on its side. One big key to success is a well-trained horse who knows to back up and keep slack out of the rope. Good tie-down horses can cost anywhere from $30,000 to $100,000. That's the cost of a luxury car. The cowboy then grabs three feet together and ties them with a small rope he's had clenched between his teeth and it's called the pigging string. The cowboy throws his hands in the air after he ties the calf, which stops the timer. He then has to remount his horse and the calf must stay tied for six seconds. If it doesn't, the cowboy does not receive a time. The fastest time wins. The record time at 6.5 seconds is shared by Cody Ole and Trevor Brazil. It can get really exciting as each cowboy tries to go faster and faster. All events are held nightly during the NFR and for the timed events, the lowest total time for the 10 days is the overall winner in that event. In a normal year, the cowboy hats take over Vegas as the NFR comes to town, but due to COVID restrictions this year, it's being held at the Texas Rangers Stadium in Arlington. Rodeo has long evoked images of the Old West, and believe it or not, it hasn't changed much over the past 100 years. Okay, my fellow ravers, thanks for listening in. That's a raver wrap for today. And remember, be decisive, because the road of life is littered with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. Thanks for listening to my raves. Become a sports raver too by following me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and checking out all my podcast raves. Till next time, I'm Geraldine B, the sports raver.